BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's, it's really funny as I sit here. I don't worry about those type of things. I'm not a guy who is like, oh, man, he said this about me, and I worry about it. What happened was I wasn't having fun coming to work anymore, mm-hmm. especially when I got to work beside you, knowing that you want my position. And I'm okay with that. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where, ironically, on the day that the Lakers introduce their new head coach, Frank Vogel, it was Magic Johnson who was the most frank and vocal. Yeesh. Dism. And so the Lakers' world turns. Game of Thrones may be over, but don't tell the Lakers that, because it looks like they're still living out season three, apparently. Uh, but Tommy... Let's let's do one re- reactions um, to all three of these uh, events that happened today. Um, what's your one re- reaction to Magic Johnson's first take interview? Garbage. <laughs> Great. Uh, your one word response to Frank Vocal's introductory presser. Calm. Mm, okay. Neutral. I like that. And lastly, your one word response to Rob Palenka's first time addressing the Lakers media since Magic stepped down. Poised. Poise. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, there you have it. Garbage, calm, and poised. Some Lakers fans are not going to like that you said that, Tommy, but we'll get into it in today's episode. <laughs> um, before we get to that, though, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate interview us on iTunes because the more you rate interview us, that's how many cups of water Jason Kidd will not so slyly pretend to spill on the sidelines this year to try and get us an extra timeout. He'll have so many cups, he'll be able to do that Anna Kendrick when I'm gone cup song on the bench uh, by the end of the first month. So if you want to see that happen, please rate interview us on iTunes. Also, if you'd like to help us out in any small way financially, donate a dollar or anything like that, you can do so at patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. All right, Tommy, there's a lot to get to in tonight's episode. We're going to talk about Magic Johnson's first take interview, and then Frank Vogel's introductory presser, which also pretty much was a de facto Rob Palenka presser. I mean, let's just get right down into this. Um, Magic Johnson went on first take, everybody knows this at this point, and proceeded to, and I think this is almost... uh, underrating what Magic Johnson did. Magic Johnson proceeded to throw the Lakers organization and Rob Palenka under the bus and uh, proceeded to drag them 
what are your thoughts on, as you said, this garbage interview that Magic Johnson put on today? Because for me, the the word that I would use would be self-serving. And I think a lot of fans, including myself, obviously, we had lost a lot of respect for Magic Johnson already, just in the way that he exited. But this interview, put into context, and it doesn't matter whether or not Magic Johnson scheduled this beforehand, before knowing that Frank Vogel was going to be introduced, or before they even hired Frank Vogel, the fact that he can sit there with a straight face, Tommy, and say that he's still close buds with Jeannie Buss, he loves Jeannie as a sister, loves her father as a father figure, and then proceed to do this interview. <sighs> Expound upon your, your garbage uh, one-worder. It was frankly an embarrassment. And I know a lot of people's reaction is this does not look the lake this does not make the Lakers uh, front office look good. I think that's a fair reaction. It doesn't make us look good, but it makes magic look so much worse. And in so many ways, if you get past the headlines and the clickbait and the, you know, pulling quotes out of context and you really look at what was said, the interview that he gave should make a lot of people feel a lot more positive um, than maybe that you were feeling last week or the week before about the state of the front office. Um, Magic Johnson went out there, outed himself. I mean, he 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 just like re- said so many absurd things during this interview. Um, you know, it's it's like he said uh, he said in the same interview, you know. Rob is betraying me. And on the in the next sentence, I was training Rob to become the next president because I told him, you know, I was only going to be there for three years. You know, Rob, people around the league are calling me, telling me Rob is trying to steal my job. But on the other hand, talking about how he's trying to, like, give his job, pass his job on to Rob. You know, talking about how he was the one who was trying to keep every... You know, all these articles came out about how Rob keeps everything super siloed, and this is how he runs a team, and he doesn't want anybody else's input. Apparently, that was magic this whole time. Magic was the one who didn't want, you know... Uh, Jesse and Joey Buss to be involved in front office decisions, even though they were the only two people who had any experience with a front office when we made the Robin Magic hire, because neither of right. those guys did. Um, you know, he outed himself on a lot of bad basketball decisions he made. Which was just so odd because it's like he could have just like easily punted that as like, oh, no, that was all Rob. You know what I mean? To try try to throw him. But it's like he was too dumb to even figure that out. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like- he was rationalizing. He was rationalizing the Randall trade. He was rationalizing the D'Angelo. For some reason, D'Angelo Russell came back up and he said... I did it because of the Shaggy P incident. And- Shaggy P, which tells you, like, again, how much you need to know about this guy's involvement. Right? You know, so in, in what was going on with the front office. I, I You know, he said um, that he was given the green light to fire Luke, who ultimately was fired. But he felt bad doing so because everybody thought Luke was a good guy. You know what I mean? It's like he just can't keep a a story straight. You know, it's like, are you quitting because you didn't want to fire Luke and you didn't want to make that kind of decision? Are you quitting because, like, you feel bad? Like, if you recall when he gave that impromptu resignation press conference, which was equally as psychotic as this one. I mean, this one might have even passed that one. He had time to prepare, dude. (laughs) That one beat it in length. But this one is obviously crazier because, like you said, he had time to prepare. So what was he doing? Um... In, in, during that impromptu resignation press conference, he he said, you know, and I don't know if this is a literal quote, but it was almost exactly this quote. Tomorrow I was going to have to make a decision that would affect someone's livelihood, which, you know, hindsight tells us he was referring to firing Luke. So, like, what is it? Did you want to fire Luke? You know, you lead with all this stuff about how, like, you wanted to fire Luke and that was your decision and you felt like you had to run it by all these people. And then on the other hand, you're coming across as like, oh, I felt bad because I had to fire Luke and this isn't for me. You know, what's your story? Um, I, I just I, – I feel like he made himself look really bad. I think like it's starting to become the case that I'm looking at the situation and I'm like the fact that we didn't hire another president 
And we are, in fact, getting rid of that position altogether because we didn't have that position in our organization when we hired Magic. We created it to hire him to that spot to try to be like other teams, I guess, who have that position. Um, the fact that we're not hiring somebody to replace him there kind of tells me all I need to know about how Jeannie viewed Magic's contributions to the front office. I mean, she was paying this guy $10 million a year to do whatever he was doing, which apparently it's come out now, not much. Um, and that's how much she thought of him when he left, she did not even perceive that a whole, you know, it's like, nobody's even perceiving that like we lost something. So we have to go find somebody else to fill it back. I, I, I guess like a lot of people can view a lot of the stuff that came out ancillary, right? Like magic kind of confirmed how things are going in the front office, which some people disagree with. I just need like, from my perspective, whether Jeannie's collaboration vision, um, whether like her her whole thing about how it's not just Magic and Rob actually it's like everybody on the basketball side the bus uh, the other two bus siblings who were doing the drafting you know uh, Kurt Rambis like it, let's get everybody's voice in the room so we make sure that w- is what is this decision that the guys are ma- the basketball guys making pulling us in the right direction. I'm not saying that I think that works necessarily. Maybe Magic is right that it's too many voices and it ends up becoming too many people pulling in different directions. I just think it's clear that what happened in this specific case is that Magic thought he'd have much more absolute power than he ended up with. You know, you contrast the two interviews today. Magic's, one of the first sentences that came out of his mouth this morning when he was talking to Stephen A. Smith was that he, quote-unquote, made sure with Jeannie that he would have, quote, power because he didn't need this job. You know, Magic Johnson <laughs> is above this job. You, you, it's just like you, all everything starts to come together. If you recall in the fallout of him resigning, there was some rumor that there was an ESPN article that was going to be released about how, like, Magic is treats everybody in the organization really poorly. He thinks very highly of himself. He's very arrogant and condescending to other employees. And it's, you know, at first it felt like, okay, well, that's a rumor. Like, and you kind of imagine like magic talking down to like some low level staff, but like now it's becoming clear that actually this was just about the front office. You know what I mean? Too, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's like people in the front office felt like magic was not being straight with them. It's just crazy to me that after all this allusion to like this Rob Palinka betrayal and backstabbing and all this stuff, what he was mad that Rob allegedly, you know, what he's mad about Rob allegedly doing is telling people that magic was not around or he was like not in the office. This was something that was being reported. I mean, I I'm not before any of this last season drama happened. I feel like year, a year and a half ago, more, maybe even more two years ago. I feel like it was being reported that this was the case. And we all kind of like told ourselves, well, yeah, that makes sense. He's like a figurehead. Right. And it just, to me, all of this fallout is, it's becoming clear that magic did not realize that he was a figurehead and once it became apparent to him that he was a figurehead, he got frustrated and he blew up. And I think there's justification for him to be upset if his role wasn't clearly outlined for him. And that falls on Genie, right? Agreed, and I've actually agreed. And I've, I've actually defended Magic in this respect where I would be frustrated if I was told one thing and I was told I'd have this power and it didn't end up coming to pass so, so from that end, yeah, there's there's already a disconnect because the communication lines are broken. Jeannie is not being as transparent. And, and maybe she really didn't know the hierarchy or didn't set it straight for everybody. And that includes Rob. Um, and to be fair, with regards to Magic's complaints uh, towards Rob, Rob was saying that he wasn't in the office. He, he may have been doing so in a very patronizing manner, right? In a very condescending way. So in in that respect, I can see how someone would get offended. On top of that, I think Magic's issue with Rob Palinka was him overstepping his bounds. But again, what necessarily were those bounds if Magic Johnson wasn't in the office every day? And that's putting it lightly. So and and yeah, and and I and I totally get that. But I just think like it's interesting. And I'm not saying you're doing this, but I'm saying that like it's it's funny how like. We like people who want to make an argument will just pull certain 
narratives, right? And, and it's just like it's it's weird to me how we can like watch this guy who has made a complete buffoon of himself on two separate occasions and the last two press conferences he's given. And you know, looked at this guy and 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 thought to yourself, how could you take anything this guy serious says seriously? But then on the other hand, being like, well, Jeannie told me I would have absolute power from the beginning. It, you know, what's more likely to me, and again, I'm not saying you said this, but what's more likely to me is Magic uh, had a meeting with Jeannie, and by all accounts. This was the plan from when these guys first took over two years ago. And for whatever reason, Magic didn't hear what the plan was. Like, we all have all worked with these people who cannot hear things. You know what I'm saying? It's like they only hear what they want to hear. And Magic was probably told, well, yeah, you're the president, so you get the last say. And so to him, he probably right. heard all he heard was power when he heard that sentence. And he was ignoring all of this, like, well, Jesse and, you know, Joey are going to be involved and you're going to have this guy, Rob, who will be involved. And Kurt is our advisor. He'll be involved, obviously. And we have to talk about all these things. It almost felt like, you know, he felt like, oh, there's too many voices. Well, guess what? If those voices were agreeing with you. He wouldn't have a problem. I think his problem was maybe he was the, you know, uh, the black sheep in the group who was constantly coming out with all of these ideas that nobody else agreed with. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So he always felt like he was, oh, I don't have enough power because no, I say this and then so-and-so disagrees. I say this and so-and-so Maybe your ideas just aren't good. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like ultimately you had to make the final decision and you walked us through step-by-step step, all these bad decisions you made. Yes. He actually was able to implement some of those decisions and we're all worse for it. Exactly. So it's like, you know, maybe when you, you wanted to make a decision and Jeannie said, like, well, let's see what Tim Harris says. Maybe that was her way of diffusing. So she doesn't have to tell you as like her longtime friend of 40 years or whatever, you know, 35 years, like, hey, this is stupid, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but some people can't perceive that. Again, it's just like they only hear, they only hear what they want to hear. Well, the other thing too is because the deterioration of the front office from in a public sense since Magic Johnson stepped down. And we had, you know, perceived and maybe speculated that there are problems up top the, the entire season, but everything came to a head when Magic Johnson stepped down the way that he did. Um, I think people are on this trip right now where they need more of it and they don't really realize it, where it's just like everything's toxic, Genie's toxic. And so, when Magic Johnson comes out and exposes the toxicity that's going on, well, Rob needs to go, Jeannie needs to go, Rambus needs to go. And I don't I don't even necessarily disagree with those things because a lot of this falls on Jeannie, right? She is the one who arranged this shotgun marriage, and she shouldn't have done that in the first place without actually assessing what happens when Magic Johnson gets pissed that he's not able to do all of these things? What happens when Rob Palinka gets pissed that he's doing all the all the work here and Magic Johnson ends up getting the credit because he's Magic Johnson? And then if there's any bad moves, Rob Palinka's gonna get hammered for it. She didn't she didn't even anticipate the discord that could happen when you bring two people in separate sectors of the industry, but with with equal, you know, amounts of power. You put them together. They have they have no prior experience working with one, one another. This is what's going to happen, you know? So I agree with everyone who's saying, look, Genie Bus, what the hell have you done? But at the same time, now that Magic Johnson's out, in a way, he's unshackled. Not to say that Rob Palinka is good at his job, not to say that Kurt Rambus is good at his job. But as far as I'm concerned, the people who actually work on the basketball side of things and are actually doing the work they're no longer hampered by Magic Johnson having the final say in things. They don't no, no longer have to go through him. And again, I'm not defending Rob Palinka. A lot of the things that Magic Johnson said about Rob Palinka, obviously when he com confirms it, it looks bad on the organization because it's on first take. It's on ESPN, nationally televised show. So everybody now sees it who's not privy to all of this like we are on Lakers Twitter or basketball Twitter, right? Now they're like, Oh, shoot, Magic Johnson just said that Rob Palinka's a snake. Agents were calling him and telling him, you better watch out. And then he's saying stuff behind his back about how he's not at work, which he wasn't at work. It's worse when Magic Johnson confirms it, yes, but it's not anything new that we didn't already know about Rob. And everything was just so hypocritical and 
contradictory about what he did today. Going on first take, talking to Stephen A. Smith, and just even arranging this interview. Because one of the first things he says is, I'm over what happened to me. (laughs) I was over it when I stepped down, and yet he goes on to air out the Lakers' dirty laundry. In a, in a very subjective, hyperbolized manner where the other parties are not able to speak up for themselves. At that point, who is the snake, right? As far as we know, Rob Palenka has not gone out there yet to air out any of Magic Johnson's dirty laundry because Magic Johnson apparently is already doing a very good job of doing that himself without actually knowing he's doing that. So for me, the, the thing that I keep going back to about this interview was just how self-serving it was, how hypocritical it was, and just a loss of respect for Magic Johnson and the fact that he's oblivious to what he's doing, what he's saying about Rob Palinka, what he's saying about Jeannie Buss, not to say that they don't deserve it, but I mean, how unprofessional is this? I don't care if he no longer works for the Los Angeles Lakers, but can you explain to me how in one sentence he can say Jeannie Buss is my sister and then on the other end proceed to do what he's doing? No, I, to- I totally, I totally agree. And 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 to your point, you make a good point. It's like maybe uh, when I am and am bashing on magic and trying to bring up the angle of like, here's a way we can view what he said is like a good thing or a positive thing. By no means am I trying to say that this like the Lakers did something good to earn this. You know, it's like, it's, it's still the case that Jeannie's collaborative vision for an office thing is probably a really bad idea. We have no idea whether Rob is a good GM or not still, um, because he was involved. You know, he can, we can all point to magic and say, okay, you made the final call, but he was still involved. Um, and you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of factors here, but it really comes down to, how unprofessional can you possibly be? You know what I mean? How bad can you really make yourself look? You knew, I know that the, this, this uh, first take thing was booked like two weeks ago or whatever, but you knew as of last week, or maybe it was even a week and a half. I can't remember at this point. Time is blurring, but at, <laughs> at least as of last week, um, early in the week that Rob Palenka was going to have his first press conference today and you spoke to this guy on saturday and both of you admitted to that and you still get you like what did you talk about on saturday that you're going to turn and like you just contrasted with the way that rob carried himself rob got like thrown down to the ground and like dragged through the mud for like half an hour Mm -hmm. and like everybody knows that the only thing that's going to emerge from this and the only lasting impact that we're going to have here is hot takes and and sound bites because that's what the media loves. No one's going to look into deeper meetings you know beyond any of that. But so Rob's like reputation is now being impacted long term and you just have no regard for that at all. And you turn around and this guy who's just been dra- dragged through the mud is turning around being like the two years I worked with magic were like the most memorable years I've had in sports. Like he's a great guy to work with. I told him multiple times. We've had many discussions, like all that stuff was not true. Um, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's how you carry yourself as a professional in a public setting. And magic was just like, you know, and Stephen a man, that guy is just, he was sitting there. If you look at him during that interview, dude, and I know I, I messaged this to you earlier, but mm-hmm. everybody should go look. You could just see him sitting there, like licking his chops. <laughs> Stephen A knows what he's doing, right? Like he's built his entire career on nonsense like this. And he knew that if he got Magic Johnson on the show and, you know, everybody, you know, and the cameras are turned off, everybody's talking about how great he is, probably throwing a little shade at Rob. Because, you know, all you have to do is butter him up a little bit, ask him a few leading questions, and then boom, you just let him go. He'll take it from there. And that's exactly what they did. They 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 baited him with like, oh, we've heard rumors that people don't like Rob Palenka. And, you know, they they baited him with, they, they got him on, they made him feel good about himself and feel justified in like what he was doing. And then they just let him run with it. And he proceeded to throw all these people. He's like, Rob, I like Rob. He's an asshole. I like, I like Rob. Yeah. He sucks. You know, it's just like. And then it Tim Harris like, all of a sudden out of nowhere. 
yeah, Damaris out of nowhere. Like in one sentence, he was like, "It's a good idea to bring Kurt on," you know. But then it's like, "But we shouldn't have had Kurt's voice in that," you know. It's like <laughs> you know, he he can't keep like one thing straight, um, and it just became so abundantly clear to me. Again, not that Genie is right or the rest of the front office is right or any of that, but it just became so abundantly clear to me that there, in fact, was a plan. There, in fact, was a structure. And Magic was, like, the only one who was not a privy to, like, what how everything was supposed to work out. Like, let's not forget that I know Magic is, like, this big business mogul and he's so successful and we should respect that. But Rob Palinka built a huge agency from the ground up, from scratch, by himself. Like, he, that took a lot of work. He's had a very difficult career and he's done a lot of great things. He put all of that away. He had to unwind completely from his agency. He He, he erased it. You know, that stuff is all gone. And he did it to get this job. And clearly, he is not surprised by how things went. And clearly, he has enough professionalism that even though he had to deal with all of Magic's nonsense last year, <laughs> you know what I mean? He was not ready to quit. I mean, maybe he was privately, but at least publicly has not, you know, indicated that. So again, I'm not saying any of these people that we do have are, are justified or, you know, vindicated by anything Magic said today necessarily. I'm just saying that... There was a clear issue with one person. Um, the other people might also all be stupid, okay? But this one guy was so far out in left field from where everybody else is that you can't help but think that caused, you know, some sort of issues with how things went last season, not just from a basketball perspective, although given his explanation, that's part of it, but <laughs> even from even from an off-the-court, like it felt like last year that, PR and everything about the Lakers was so negative, like way more intense than it is in most, in most years it's bad, but not this bad. And you can't help but think that magic was there, like talking to his boys and talking to his friends and being like, you know, that talking smack about Rob and, you know, defending himself and talking about how bad everything. And maybe he was, like I said, the one who is, who is not on the same page. Yeah, I agree with you. And when you're listing out all of the things that Rob Palenka had to give up and close out, that's something Magic Johnson hasn't even done, right? He's like, I still got all my businesses operating and on Monday, I'll be back to working on all of them again. He never relinquished any of that because he wanted to keep everything, maintain everything and not treat this job as a full-time position. Um, and, you know, the last thing I want to say, and this represents just how off the rails this interview was but the way that him and Stephen A. Smith were disparaging Zubats was so despicable to me they're they're poking fun at this dude and mentioning oh read his stats to me again read him read what he did in the playoffs for the Clippers or what he didn't do and they're just cackling there to justify Magic Johnson's trading of him if anybody knows anything about the Lakers cap situation it's it's not that Zubats was an all-star type player, but just it didn't make sense financially. It didn't make sense to get Muscala, who was only going to be there for one more month. It didn't make sense to do that in lieu of just keeping your options open with Zubats, who had a very low cap hold and gave you, at the very least, options, right? Just from a general logistical standpoint it made no sense and magic johnson still doesn't seem to get that fact instead he goes for the jugular goes for the low-hanging fruit and brings up zubat's name and tells stephen a smith list out his stats list out what he's done for the clippers let's laugh at this just so that i can justify my rationale and i think that it encapsulates was really, yeah, everything yeah. yeah go ahead no you're no i was gonna say you're exactly right it was it was really disgusting and that kind of gets to like you know people are talking about um, how condescending uh, Magic was at times. And if somebody, if you were Rob Palenka or Kurt Rambis or whoever the heck in our front office, you know, uh, Jesse Buzz, trying to make your case for why you think Zubats is a valuable piece moving forward, and Magic comes at you with that kind of Stephen A. Smith argument that he had today, that kind of stuff is funny because it's it's first take. But when it's happening in the real front office, that that's a huge problem. Okay, if if these guys were coming to him and like, "Hey Magic, I don't think we should trade Zubats. He's a 23-year-old center who's done X, Y, and Z." You know what I mean? Like he 
And he responds with, oh, he's only putting up numbers because of LeBron and, and Lonzo Ball. Lonzo yeah. Ball, who's played in like 40 games this year and shot like 30% and like was largely marginalized by everything our offense was doing because of the other players the Magic signed. Okay. And, and those are the, those two guys are the reasons that only reasons that Zubats has putting up numbers and he otherwise sucks. This guy, yeah, guess what? You're laughing. That guy was in a playoff, but in a playoff series. And where were you? Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, the one positive that I took away from Magic Johnson's interview was that one exchange where Max Kellerman, they were talking about free agency, and Max Kellerman was like, all right, let's look at the Lakers' options. Uh, even though they won't be able to get the big names, like we know that Kevin Durant's not coming, we know that Kyrie Irving's not coming, we know that Kawhi's not coming, we know that Jimmy Butler's not coming, and then Magic Johnson responded with, but we don't know that. And then it kind of threw Max Kellerman off for a second. He was like, yeah, 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 we don't know that. But even if all those names are off the table, the Lakers can then go after Vucevic and Nikola Mirotic. So (laughs) the one silver lining I take away from this entire Magic Johnson debacle was the fact that there's still that hint of maybe Magic Johnson knows something at the end of the day. Just by that one comment of him saying, but we don't know that the Lakers won't get any of the names that you just listed. So... Did you read into that at all? Does that give you any hope? Uh, we'll close the segment out, but yeah, that that's the only hope I can give Lakers fans or the only positive nugget. It does give me hope because, again, everybody is talking about, and it's not just magic. I mean, now we've heard it from a few media reporters. Like, it, it went very quickly at some point from there's no chance the Lakers get anybody to you start hearing whispers about Kawhi and Kyrie. And those things don't come from... Nowhere, right? Like somebody was talking to somebody and somebody else and said something, you know? So I I think the fact that magic is saying, well, we don't know that like, yeah, he's crazy and a complete wild card. So why take anything he says seriously? But, um, I do feel like they must have some confidence. And again, even contrasting a little bit with the, the Vogel presser, I know he's the new coach and he's supposed to be optimistic. But he and Rob both seemed a little more optimistic. I mean, at least Vogel seemed more optimistic than I expected about, you know, quote unquote, the plans that we have with the space for this summer. So it kind of feels like Rob has some idea of who they have a shot at. I'm not saying it's like, you know, for like with the LeBron stuff, we were saying for a while before, like, I'm pretty sure this is locked in because of all these rumors. I'm not saying that it's locked in per se here, but I'm saying that I think they at least think they have a good shot with a couple guys. And we're getting to the point in the summer where you would start to learn that kind of stuff. Cause we're, I don't know, six weeks away from free agency or so. And, um, uh, you know, we can't all be so naive to think that guys like Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, you know, these guys are just sitting on their, I mean, Kawhi's still playing, but like all these other guys are just sitting on their hands at home being like, well, better wait to see who's going to give me a max. Like, you know, their agents are putting out feelers. Um, you know, not every team, I know it sounds weird to say, but like not every team in the league would give Kyrie Irving a max, um, who can afford it. So your agent and, and certainly not every team that Kyrie Irving would go to, you know? So as an agent, as a player, like when that much money is on the line, I'm not saying tampering or this or that. I'm just saying there's at least some discussion about like, okay, well, if this happens, perhaps you guys would get an interview. You know what I mean? There's must be some discussion about that sort of thing. And, and, uh, I, I feel like the Lakers maybe have, have gotten at this point, some sort of word about that. Yeah, so that's all we can give you with regards to a positive nugget coming out of Magic Johnson's insane soliloquy of madness. With that said, we're going to turn it over to our sponsors, and on the turn, we're going to talk about Frank Vogel's presser and also a little bit about um, Rob Palenka's response to the media with regards to Magic Johnson's interview and everything that's been going on in the front office these last month and a half or so since the regular season ended. With that said, we'll catch you guys after the turn. All right, so let's talk about Rob Palinka's response to the media first because this was the Lakers' first public public showing 
ever since Magic Johnson stepped down. And we don't have to go too deeply into this because Rob Plinka actually was a man of few words, even though questions kept getting volleyed his direction. My initial impression with Rob, and again, this is not defending Rob. At this point, I'm just defending the overreaction to Rob Palinka. Because for me, like I mentioned in the last segment, there's nothing new that we've gained outside of Magic Johnson being a little bit more hyperbolic. Magic Johnson just exaggerating the situation from his one-sided point of view of what it was like to work with Rob Palinka. Even the, the mentioning of agents calling him to say, watch your back. Rob Palenka is going to do something slimy. Agents always say that about Rob Palenka. We knew that. And in fact, at a certain point, when he first took took up shop in the front office, we were using that as a strength of Rob Palenka's, that he was sly and savvy. But now all of a sudden, just because it's fitting in with a narrative of everything is toxic, Rob Palenka just sucks. There's no redeeming quality to him being smart and slimy and snaky, which is the one thing that we hated about Mitch Kupchak, right? That he didn't have any of this savviness, that he didn't know how to cut corners. And I even think like using the words like slimy and snaky, I know what you're getting at, but even those types of words, which the media does use, you know what I mean? I feel like are so hyperbolic. You have to consider the source of the information. You know, like you're, you're getting a take on a guy from his former competitors. You know what I mean? It's like, go get a bunch of anonymous quotes about Kobe. Sure, you'll get some great ones, but you know, when Kobe was in the league, a lot of guys would have said a lot of bad things about him. You know, part of that is just the competitiveness. Yeah, if you were another agent and Rob, you felt like Rob stole one of your clients, you're never going to trust that guy for the rest of your life. Or you felt like Rob was using you, uh, like, you know, you're another agent and you felt like maybe Rob was using one of your clients um, to leverage his own client in some way behind the scenes. You know, like, yeah, maybe that could annoy you as an agent. But I just think that like when another agent is calling you, you being Magic Johnson, and saying, hey, watch out for that guy, it's like you got to think about everybody's motives. Everybody has a motive. You think people were happy when Rob Palenka was hired to be a GM with no – there's 30 of those jobs in the entire world. Okay, you think these other agents were happy when Rob Palenka with no experience was hired over them? Probably not. They were probably like, well, he only got it because of Kobe. You know, people are competitive. This is like a business world, and this is the kind of stuff that happens. I'm not saying Rob is a super, super clean like guy like he tries to make himself, make himself out to be. I'm sure he has enemies, and I'm sure people don't like him. I just think that so much of that stuff gets overstated because of the nature of his current job position. Right. And Pat Riley, I think, summed it up best. I think he was interviewed and asked about what went down today. And he said, am I surprised by Magic Johnson's comments? No, not at all. He's not going to leave a hanging curveball out there about backstabbing and whispering. But immediately after that, he said, I've also never had a problem with Rob. But this this kind of shit goes on in organizations every day. The organization gets too big. There are too many people who have been around a long time and they start voicing their opinions about things. And that's when the culture starts to crack. So Pat Riley even goes on record and says, look, this is because it's the Lakers. It's much more publicized. And and obviously because of Jeannie Buss and the lack of organization, all of those things are relevant. But for him to say, look, I've never had a problem with Rob. I, I, I expect him to do what he did when he was an agent. And obviously he has had backhanded shady dealings, you know, the Carlos Boozer thing, backing out of his contract with Cleveland to go to the Jazz. But his number one is to look out for his clients, right, and get them the most money. Um, But all that to say, I am not defending Rob. I am defending against the over-exaggeration and what I think right now to be just way too much amped up outrage over Rob that I don't think right now is that substantiated because nothing has really changed outside of him maybe gaining more power. But at this point, I'm so sick and tired and desensitized from all of it that I'm like, let's just wait till the next result happens. Yes, they botched negotiations with the coaching, et cetera, et cetera. But with regards to what Rob Palenka actually said today, I thought he was very diplomatic in explaining, finally explaining the rationale that they had going into the coaching search and saying that they kept, they cast a wide net. I know a lot of people are going to say, I don't buy what he's selling. I don't believe him. But if you were to come up with a way to do damage control for what Magic Johnson just did, 
and explain yourself in a very diplomatic PC manner, which is what we needed. I'm not sure what fans were expecting Rob Palenka to say. <laughs> I think some fans were just like, I hope Rob Palenka just keeps it real, keeps it 100 and volleys some heated takes Magic's way. That's never going to happen. Rob Palenka did exactly what we needed him to do today, which was stay calm and stay poised and give at least at the very least the logical sounding rationale for what happened during the coaching search which he mentioned the rationale that he gave was that they cast a wide net they kept their options open and they had stipulations to the job just as any employer would have for any position that they're opening up right to the public um and look and just to add to that it's like you bring up the pat riley thing which i hadn't heard so that's good news but there's other i mean like Larry Nance, months after this article came out, or at least a month after this article came out about how, oh, Larry Nance, here's another example of that snake, Rob. He promised Larry Nance that he was going to be with the Lakers long-term when Larry was trying to buy a house and then traded him a month later. Larry Nance had to publicly come out and tweet, hey, I just saw this article (laughs) because, you know, he's busy. Believe it or not, these guys are not like us sitting around reading everything that comes across their Twitter feed. Um, and Larry doesn't even play for us anymore, but he's like, I just saw this article about, uh, Rob Palinka allegedly making a promise to me to stay. I just want to say that never happened. This is a business. We all know we can be traded at any time. I have a good relationship with Rob. I had a good relationship with Rob at the time. And I still do today. This is not, these guys are all grown adults, like grown men. You know what I mean? And if you're going to put people are going to put out a million hit pieces on Rob and you just can't assume just because somebody doesn't come out like Larry Nance did and say like hey it's okay he didn't actually do that doesn't mean that it's true now you know what i mean it's just that like these guys are have more important things to think about than what the media is wildly speculating about we're talking about the media put out an article that said this literal event this event exactly happened this way it wasn't just like, oh, he met, they yeah. had a whole story about how it happened and the timing of how it happened. And Larry's <laughs> like, you know, literally none of that happened, you know? So it's like, yeah. you have to keep all that stuff in mind too. And with all the motivations and, and, and stuff that everybody else has. And I, I mean, I don't blame people for being enraged and just continuing to go off of, I feel like we've had this sentiment ever since Magic Johnson stepped down and things became more public with regards to Rob Palenka maybe trying to, you know, instill a coup within the Lakers organization and then the the Kurt Rambis stuff, there's just so much swirling around that it's easy to get caught up in our emotion of wanting this to continue to snowball so that there are some people that just want to start over fresh, you know, burn this thing to the ground. And I don't think those people know at this juncture what that'll actually do. Sure, let's 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 uh, lobby for that down the road, but we are a few weeks away from the draft and a few weeks away from free agency. Do you really honestly want that to happen? For things to get so bad that Genie Bus has to all of a sudden sell the team, fire Rob Palinka, the only one doing any sort of basketball work along with her brothers. We're really going to do that a few weeks out from free agency and the lottery? I don't think people know what they're asking. So I would advise people to take a deep breath. I know it's hard to do. Yes, you can continue to still hate the front office, Jeannie Buss and what she's doing, but also just maybe apply some rationale and calmness and sense of logic to what's going on and contextualize things properly. We do a good job of doing this with the players, the players that we love, but for some reason it's not happening um, to guys like Rob Palinka because of the just because of everything that's happened and everything that's come out, it's a snowball and we want to continue to ride that snowball. And it's it's hard to get off of that and take a step back. With that said, and, and we can keep this short, I, I mentioned that Rob Palenka was very diplomatic. But yeah, I guess what were your thoughts with regards to Rob Palenka's response to the media asking him about Magic Johnson and some of the moves that they made and and yeah, just the, his first public appearance to to the media? I thought he handled himself very well. I mean, again, the media, it's just funny to me how like the media, the biggest complainers in in this whole process are the media and they're complaining that they're not getting access to information. 
a rational response to that should not be, I'm going to go wildly make stuff up now. You know, mm-hmm. the Lakers, for whatever reason, again, whether justified or unjustified, as an organization, and you can't blame Rob or anybody else for this. For all we know, it's coming from Jeannie, and it probably is coming from Jeannie. As an organization, they have collectively decided to freeze out the media. We will do these press conferences, but that's it. That's all you guys are getting. And you guys can go around and wildly speculate about whatever the heck you want to speculate about. Um, and we are going to keep doing it the way we're doing it. So, you know, I just, I, I, I think Rob came out. Um, the biggest critique I saw from his press conference was, oh, it was supposed to be 30 minutes, but they started a few minutes a few minutes late and they cut it off right at 11:30. It's like okay, this was a media press conference about uh Frank Vogel being hired as the coach. I I'm sure in whatever materials they sent out to the press, it was exclusively about Frank Vogel. The press came in and decided to bombard Rob Polinka with questions about how everything's going. Can I blame them necessarily? No. But Given that he handled it in my, and he was probably expecting these types of questions. I think he handled it very well. Did he say anything that made me think, yeah, I put all my faith in this guy? Not necessarily, but he didn't say anything bad. I thought he, he, he answered everything in a very calm and collected way. He took the mat, like I mentioned earlier, he took all those magic comments in stride. I thought the media was really coming after him to get him to like, answer for how bad things have been going. And I thought he had a pretty rational explanation for everything. Um, you know, I, the only point I thought he was maybe throwing magic under the bus was when they were talking about some of the signings from last year. And he specifically mentioned that <laughs> magic used to have final say, but then I went back and read the full transcript of Matt. Cause you know, the interview with magic was so crazy. It's easy to remember what happened or forget what happened. Um, I went back and read like more of the transcript of the exchanges between Magic and Stephen A. And it's like, oh, Magic also admitted that he made those right. choices. So it's not like Rob was really throwing him under the bus for that. Um, I mean, so yeah, go ahead. I mean, at the end of the day, he didn't. He did not add coal to the fire, and that's exactly what he needed. We we needed him to do. Um, so let's move on to the positives. Frank Vogel, who I thought looked very presidential. I mean, his million-dollar smile, the way he composed himself in front of the media, it was almost like he was on a campaign. And I guess, in a sense, he is on a campaign. But with regards to just how well-spoken he was, how well and clearly he articulated his thoughts, his mission, and his goals, I was very impressed. And the fact that, and I'll get out ahead of this, there was a moment in the presser where obviously Rob, it was the Rob Palenka show because the media wanted it to be the Rob Palenka show, which kind of sucks for Frank Vogel that he was a little bit undermined, but that's unfortunately what you get. The fact that that Frank Vogel was able to take this in stride is also commendable. But there was a period in time when Frank Vogel, unprompted by Rob Palenka, pretty much got out ahead of things and interjected and said, hey, look, and I just want to add that with regards to the perception of the front office and everything that's been said about Rob and, and what's going on up top, I just want to say that is that is not the impression that I've gotten during this interview process. Now, he did not need to say that. Some people will be, um, you know, a little cynical and say, well, what else is he supposed to say? But just the fact that, that I don't think that was planned at all, and he went out ahead and tried to corral the situation, I think speaks volumes at Frank Vogel's, Frank Vogel's, Frank Vogel's ability right now to read the room, read the situation, and just want to be that guy who tidies things up a little bit. And we saw some of that start during his interview. And I don't think it's something that, you know, Rob told him to do or Jeannie told him to do. I think he just senses the amount of turmoil, whether it's actually happening or the media is drumming it up. He knows the discourse, the toxic discourse that's happening around this front office and this organization. And he's doing his best now to try and at least shed light to what's real and what's not, but also just elevate the conversation to say, hey, things are actually not as bad as people are making it out to be. And I'm firsthand proof and I'm willing to continue to be kept accountable that we're headed in the right direction. So yeah, what are your thoughts on that? And also just Frank Vogel's presser in general. I thought his presser in general, I I think, like you said, really good. Presidential is a really good way of, of uh, explaining it. 
this was supposed to be the Frank Vogel show. Okay. This guy, you know, he, he's had a great career already as a coach. Um, he's, you know, done, he's had a lot of accomplishments. He's been out of the league for a year and this was supposed to be about him and everybody made it about something completely different. And despite that, he took it in stride. He didn't get angry. He didn't get defensive. Like you said, unprompted by Rob, he didn't have to, he could have stayed out of it. You know, I plead the fifth. I'm not getting involved in this nonsense. I, but he stepped up and, and made a few supportive comments that are like, Oh, that's nice to see mm-hmm. from, uh, you know, our, our new coach. Um, he defended the young guys. He defended LeBron. He, you know, he, he really managed himself really well. And, and the thing that stood out to me was how many tangible, I mean, when you've watched basketball for as long as you and I have, and, and I'm sure many of the people who are listening have, you get used to like, what I'll call like coach speak, right? Like guy getting interviewed between the, you know, between quarters of an NBA game and says very generic things. A guy coach getting interviewed in a post game presser saying super generic statements. We're so used to that. And, you know, I, I, I can see why from a competitive standpoint, it, it guys default to that. But on the other hand, it made me feel very reassured that yeah. Frank came in with all of these, like, it wasn't ambiguous, right? It wasn't like, I don't know how, well, you know, let's see who we pick and let's see how free agency goes. And then we'll start to think about how we have an idea, but let's, we'll, we'll see later. It was like, no, no, we're all moving together and this is what's going to happen. It wasn't like, but if this doesn't happen, maybe, no, 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 it, this is going to happen. Right. You know, so, and, and I really appreciated that. It wasn't like the biggest question I had, and I, I was telling you in the thread, uh, our Facebook thread that we reference constantly, that nobody has any <laughs> idea what that is. <laughs> but I was telling you like a, a week or two ago, like, there's been so much noise about how we got to Frank Vogel and how we got to him as our coach, but nobody seems to care or be asking about. Hey, buddy, you're the most success you've ever had as a coach was in the old school NBA when your starting front court was David West and Roy Hibbert. Like that kind of thing is not going to fly. We've been drafting players in the lottery. Like we've been using high, high level picks to build a team with a certain type of play style, speed, and, you know, to adapt to the modern NBA style. So what are you saying now about, like, what is this hire supposed to tell us? Nobody was asking that. And guess what? Frank Vogel comes in today and he's like, we are going to run an analytics-driven offense. Analytics! That is going to be- yeah, exactly. In three years, I don't think Luke ever said the word analytics unless he was mocking it. You know, or like, or like saying that it's one of like a variety of factors. Frank Vogel is like, no, 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 no. This is 2019. We are making analytics the focal point of our offense. And based on those analytics, this is how we're, you know, he didn't say this in the press conference, but in a later 710 interview, he said, this is our priority of shots. Number one, this, number two, this number, you know, just going down the line and like, Putting in everybody's mind right now, this is how this team is going to play. These are our core values. So, you know, we're going to have our offense and everything is going to be structured. But at the end of the day, you know, this is what we're going to fall back on. He said a lot of things that I think are interesting and directly contrast with Luke. He said a lot of things about how every great player he's coached wants to be coached hard. I think some people, and this is pure speculation, but I think some people in the front office were maybe a little bit put off by Luke's like blase, like let's have fun attitude. Like, do you need that? Of course. Is that stuff good? Of course. Is it good for a a rebuilding team? Yeah, you would argue. But at some level, these guys are 20. You know, they've made it to this point in their life purely on genetics and talent. You know, and, and they need a guy who is like, okay, look, everybody here has made it on genetics and talent, but now you're competing against guys who are 10 years older than you who have really worked because their livelihood depends on this at this point, you know, and, and that's something that I feel like we've lacked. I mean, we've seen big strides with guys like BI and, and even a little bit Lonzo, but you can't help but think we would have seen even like BI is a, by all accounts, an insane workaholic. 
And we just don't know, is that the case for Lonzo or Kuzma or Josh Hart? And even if it is the case, do we know that anybody has pushed them to that level? Well, now we have a guy that we know is going to push those guys to that type of level. So it, it just felt nice that he came out and said all these things like, these are, this is what we're going to do. This is what I've done in the past. And in my one year off, this is what I did to improve myself as a coach. Yeah. He said he took a sabbatical to learn about how he failed in Orlando, what he can take from that and how the NBA has changed and really took this last year to readjust and rejigger and pivot his style of coaching. And that's exactly what you want to hear. The fact that he owns up to that. And because of how detailed he outlined things, Another thing to keep in mind is he's also allowing us to keep him accountable for these things. Because the more vague in general you are about what you put out there, I mean, we, we it's harder for the media or for the fans to go back and say, look, you said this because you can construe it any which way you want whenever you're vague, right? But Frank Vogel's like, no, this is exactly what we're going to do. On offense, we're going to play outside in. On defense, we're going to play inside out. You know, obviously that's very oversimplified. I'm sure there's much more nuance to that. But he just laid things out in such a detailed, succinct, and organized manner that he, by doing so, he's keeping himself accountable and allowing us to keep him accountable as well. Um, so the fact that his presser was hijacked and we still were able to get the amount of info that we got, I think, is pretty impressive and that we get we, we get such a better view of who he is, which I didn't think was going to happen through this, um, I think speaks a lot about Frank Vogel, that he was still able to keep everyone engaged and in some ways take control back from what was going on with the Rob Palinka show. So I, I'm, I'm very, very encouraged with just everything he said, but also... The emphasis on inclusivity, um, collaboration, making sure that LeBron James is a focal point, but also that the young kids are a focal point as well. Nobody is getting undercut in Frank Vogel's eyes. You know, everything's going to work in concert. Again, some of this is PC talk. Some of this is put your money where your mouth is. But again, with how detailed he was about everything, I'm a little more hopeful that yeah, this is not just general coach speak, like you said. Um, anything else, Dad? Um, no, nothing else. Okay, so Frank Vogel, thank you for giving us a ray of sunshine, a ray of hope. He even addressed the Jason Kidd thing. And and I, I know people were like, why didn't the media ask this? Fans were wondering why Kidd was never brought up. And one of the Kamenetsky brothers said that because he's not officially hired, they're technically not able to ask that question of Rob, but... Even in spite of that, I think Frank Vogel went out ahead and addressed the situation by saying that he's already spoken to Jason Kidd about his domestic abuse charges to make sure that that's a thing of the past for real and that he's moved on and bettered himself as a human being. So it's not something that he needed to say, but he knows just by being smart and like assessing and analyzing the situation around him that... That's what everybody wants to know about. The fans, that's what they're concerned about with regards to Jason Kidd, outside of the fact that he may just be a sucky coach. But he addressed it anyways and said, look, I made sure to talk to Jason Kidd about this. Not that it's going to be a non-issue in some fans' eyes, but I'm just glad that Frank Vogel seems like a proactive guy who knows how to read the room. And, you know, even more from the basketball perspective, he was apparently given the opportunity to give a really in-depth inter interview with Jason Kidd. You know, it's like, yeah, the front office is suggesting him. He's probably going to be understaffed. But they at least, it sounded like, you know, he was like, I get, if I have a hard veto, maybe potentially I could use it if I'm not happy with this interview. And on the flip side, I'm looking at us as working it collaboratively, right? This is not a game. So if you're, if I'm going to be receptive to you about Jason Kidd, you're now going to be receptive to me about personnel moves in terms of the roster. So I think those, those are, those are um, all positive things. Presidential making media relations or like making sure to establish those relationships early on. Uh, I think it's all positive news and sounds like a guy who knows exactly what he's doing. He just has to put his money where his mouth is. All right. With that said, we'll cut it there. Uh, we'll end on a high note with regards to Frank Vogel. We were supposed to talk about some Jason Kidd stuff and some Anthony Davis trade, some Anthony Davis trade 
logistics and what salary cap implications are involved with uh, doing an Anthony Davis trade and in what order of events it should happen. Uh, But because of the timing of this episode and how long we've already gotten, we're going to cut it right there, talk about that another time. And also, if you just want to hear our lottery reactions and our speculations on every which way the Lakers can go with the number fourth pick, including some trade scenarios, make sure to catch our episode right before this one. And yeah, there's a lot going on right now. The draft combine is done. Workouts are underway with individual teams, so we'll get to see guys in Lakers practice jerseys, so that should be exciting, and we will be sure to update everyone on the happenings and the going-ons with regards to all of that as soon as the Lakers get in Kevin Porter Jr., Brandon Clark, Darius Garland, etc., etc. But with that said, we'll catch you guys next time. As usual, please follow us on Twitter, at LakersLegacyPod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes. Tommy, it's been a day, but thank God we got Vogie Bear. He is smarter than the average bear. Do you think that'll catch on, Vogie Bear? No. Okay, I tried. All right, (laughs) with that said, we'll catch you guys next time. Tommy, I'll let you go. Peace. Laters, everybody. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.